There's nothing like league. And this is the Betfred Super League. everyone now then what do they say better late than never so welcome along to the first of what i'm sure will be many editions of eddie and steve on the podcast 2023 once again we are here supported by our dear friends at betfred sorry to have kept you waiting for this first podcast but there have been bucket list events to be ticked off holidays to be taken issues to be sorted out but the boys are now back in town and I'm delighted to say hello once again to our old mate Steve-O, joining us from the other side of the world in his palatial mansion in Sydney, Australia. Steve-O, <laughs> happy new year to you, old boy. Well, it's about time. I, I thought that was it. It was the end. I thought, Eddie and Steve-O, no more. But after all those cruises, all the trips to South America, Eddie, <laughs> it's wonderful to know that you're still remembering me. I'm always remembering you. It's great to have you back. And, you know, after a, after a few of them have jumped on board for rugby league podcasts, jumping on the bandwagon in our absence, well, I've got bad news for them. We are back. So let's get stuck in. Steve-O, we have to reflect, first of all, on what's happened since we were last with our listeners. We finished after the grand final. Then came the World Cup. And so let's reflect on what happened there first of all um, you know it's a shame but uh, England got to the semi-final and we had massive disappointment again so near once more but yet so far we've only got ourselves to blame and the one thing about it is that the English coach he decided that he'd made a mistake we were there for the semi-final down in London and I'm thinking to myself, all we've got to do is play fast, open football. We crushed them in the opening game, remember that. But I knew that with all those Penrith players, and of course a couple from Parramatta, that the Penrith players were celebrating, and they celebrated for not just one day, but three or four days. So they were underdone when they arrived into, into England. Samoa were not the team that we saw at that first game in Newcastle. And we should, when we got to the semi-final, we should have played open-style football. For some unknown reason, we tried to rough up, tough showing, we're going to be strong. Well, after 10, 15 minutes, we looked tired. I don't know what they'd been doing in preparation, but it looked to me like a team that was not prepared to go into a, a semi-final like that. Well, as you say, we started the tournament so well, that massive win against Samoa. Yes, OK, you know, the Aussies were celebrating their grand final success. We all know that. We got through to the semi-final 
Samoa obviously had a point to prove. We got to golden point extra time. England, they gifted possession to Samoa twice in the first three minutes and then up steps Stephen Crichton for the second attempt and over it goes, drop goal winner and we're out. Tragic, tragic. So near as I say, yet so far. The preparation up to that semi-final for some unknown reason wasn't right. We tried to rough and tough them. You don't do that in a semi-final. We could see we could see from that first game that we had the ability to keep the ball alive. It wasn't until 10 minutes before the end of the game that we started to realize if we get the ball out wide, we have an opportunity to win the game. But nerves got to it. When it was an extra time, you can't lose possession in extra time situation like that. Sudden death, drop goal, we're out. I can remember, Eddie, that there was a quote given from the coach, and he said, I know where I went wrong. He didn't say what had gone wrong. He just says, I know. And the most amazing thing is, is that I cannot believe that the players who played in that World Cup were requested to make a comment about whether we should keep the coach. Now, I, I find that amazing that they asked the players whether they should change the coach. Well, this, this was all in the, in the uh, inquest that began and has now been concluded. And yes, Sean does have, Sean Wayne does have the, the confidence of his players. Uh, it has been concluded now, the inquest, and Sean again has got the nod to the end of 2025 and the next World Cup in France. I'm glad about that, Eddie, because it, it, it did a good job. But something went wrong within the, in that final week before the semi-final. He came into the job and COVID struck immediately. He hardly coached the England team for a, you know, a good number of months. He got them to the World Cup semi-final. We all make mistakes, Stevo, and here he is now with the chance in France in 2025 to right those wrongs. But let me say this. Our leading clubs in Super League must surely start to help him by unearthing more English talent. There was some of the old guard, of course, played in that World Cup last year. They've got to go, haven't they? The Jack Wellsby's, the Lewis Dodds, Mikey Lewis's, Jake Truman's, Harry Newman, Harry Smith. There's the future. There's the future. You've got to let the young kids have a go, surely. Yeah. And uh, look, Sean decided that what he wanted to do, he wanted the players that he could feel confident that could do a job. Now he's got a two-and-a-half-year program where he can start looking at all those youngsters that you're talking about, especially Wellsby. And look down here in Australia, they notice Wellsby. They're trying to grab him. A lot of the clubs down here in Australia be quite happy to pay him a fortune to come and play in the NRL. He just didn't make an impact against the Penrith Panthers in the World Club Challenge. He's made a huge impact on all the Australian fans and, of course, the Australian clubs. So the In money will be thrown at it. And we have to fight, and St. Helens have to fight, to keep him for a long term so that, yes, he can be one of our major players for the 2025 World Cup. 
Yeah, well, he's contracted to St. Helens until the end of 2025, I understand. So with a little bit of luck, he will certainly be staying until the next uh, World Cup. But, I mean, you touched on that, the World Club Challenge victory for St. Helens. We redressed the balance there, didn't we, after the disappointment of the World Cup. What a performance for the, from the Saints in that match against the Penrith Panthers. And Dodd's golden point drop goal and Jack Wellsby's performance, Alex Wormsley's performance... St. Helens, a fantastic effort. They're saying, Steve-O, up here, it's the best ever performance by a British club side ever. Yeah, well, they're rating it to, what, was it 94 when uh, when Wigan went over and beat Brisbane in the World Cup Challenge on their own soil? And, yes, it was a great match. I thought it was tremendous. You talk about the older players. I thought Roby was outstanding. He just gets better and better, doesn't he? He just gets better and better. Unbelievable. How he controlled things there, his defence, the way that he just organised things. He was amazing. And a lot of the Australian fans, they said, wow, this guy at his age, it just keeps performing. Unbelievable. And it it was a wonderful moment, wasn't it? It stunned the Australian fans. I can I can assure you of that. And Penrith have got no excuses. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, it was raining. Well, I don't know whether people know that uh, I played at Penrith, which is about 80 miles away from the Sydney centre. And during the winter, it's freezing cold up there and they get plenty of rain. So there's no <laughs> excuse about the Penrith Panthers saying, oh, it, if it was a really warm day, then they would have beaten St. Helens. There was no excuse. There's no excuse about it. St. Helens did the right thing. It must have cost a fortune because they went out early. They trained early for nearly a week. Then they played St. George Illawarra as a warm-up game. And that, to me, was the best thing that they could ever have done. Climatize themselves. Get them involved into it. The defence was, was outstanding. The way that they kept the ball alive, especially in the first 20 minutes, it was obviously a great plan. Let's attack Penwith very early. And that's what they did. They got points on the board, and then it was down to defence. And boy, they defended for their life. What a fantastic start to his coaching career for Paul Wellens. I must confess, Steve, I, I thought it was a huge risk for him and for the Saints to go down there and take on the Penrith Panthers. They, they could have come back with their tails between their legs, but they did anything but that. It was a fantastic triumph for the club, for Wellens, for the players. And let's not forget Eamon McManus either. A fantastic triumph for him. The man who has been in charge of that club since 2020. He's built them the new stadium. He's got them to where they are, going now for five Super League titles in a row. Well done, Eamon McManus. Yeah. Uh, it can stand proud at what is achieved. That's music to our ears, Steve-O. It really is. And, of course, because of all that, Saints missed the opening weekend of the Super League campaign. But they came home and they produced the goods against Castleford at the weekend. They are one of five clubs now with a 100% start to the new season. Warrington, Hulkingston Rovers, Catalan Hull and St. Helens. Um, Saints look again... 2023, they look again the team that everyone's got to get on top of. Well, you've got to look look at the players that they've got. 
And that's another pointer. St. Helens has been one of the few clubs in Super League that has got depth in bringing young players through. Now, a lot of other clubs don't have that same opportunity, maybe don't have enough uh, sort of revenue to be able to attract so many youngsters into the fold. But they've been doing it for quite some time now. It's no surprise that they've won four on the trot and odds on favourites to make it five because they seem to have got it right. When one player gets too old and, and sort of finishes his career, they've already brought a couple of youngsters coming in to fill that spot. Now that's deep thinking and that's forward thinking and let's face it, St. Helens have got it right. They have. They're currently not top of the table because as I say, they're, they're a game less. You look at the top of the table, Warrington sit proud and pretty at the top. Was any coach, Steve-O, under greater pressure at the start of this year than Daryl Powell? Because he's now got his own team together. He's got a big pack, which he wanted right from the start. Last year was a disaster for the club, no doubt about that. Virtually a whole team were off contract at the end of last year. Drastic surgery needed. Drastic surgery carried out. Warrington, they look pretty good. They look really good at the start of this year. Dare I say it? Dare I say it? <laughs> you, do it. This, you do it every this. season. <laughs> is, it, is this the Wolves' year? Yes, is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Daryl Powell knew that he was taking on a very hard task when he came over the Pennines and took over at Warrington. But he also knew that there were certain clicks within the club that he had to remove. Sometimes you've got to get to drastic measures. And a lot of the Warrington fans, they were quite happy to just say, take that Daryl Powell back over the Pennines. We don't want him. He's rubbish. He's this, that, and the other. But he stuck to his guns. He knew the players that he didn't need, and he knew the players that he wanted to stay. And they, in my opinion, I've seen them play this season. They play in a brand diff that's different from what they've done in the past, and they look as though they're cohesive. They look as though they've got things right. They do, and the whole clubs have started brightly as well. And they're being tipped for big things under their new coaches, aren't they? I mean... Um... Hull and Hull KR, it's an old cliche and we use it many times. Hull, Hull Kingston Rovers, that city, fantastic rugby league city. It's a sleeping giant of a rugby league place, isn't it? Yeah, it would be great for them to go straight through. But in my memory, if this is correct, remember the start of last year, I think Warrington won their first three games. Is that correct? They did, yes. They did. And they finished 11th. And, I know. <laughs> and, and look how they finished. So... Uh, Time is a great healer, but time can also just disappear. Um, you've got to really wait until four to five weeks into the season, maybe a little bit longer, six weeks, to sort of establish who are going to struggle and who are going to be fighting it out for, especially in the top four. And we'll see that over the, over the next five or six weeks. Look at the bottom of the table. Well, at the minute, Wakefield look like they've got it all to do, hammered by... Wigan 66-0 at the weekend. Lee, Lee Leopards, newly branded, 
by Derek Beaumont, who spent a, a huge amount of money. Lee seemed to be improving, yet they still, like Wakefield, Leeds, Castleford and Huddersfield, they're still seeking their first points of the season. But people are saying Lee are going to survive this year. Well, I hope so, because uh, we really need some, like a new new blood coming into into the competition. I know that they got promoted, etc. and so forth. They've spent a fortune. You know, Mr. Bowman, I don't know how big his checkbook is, but they have, they've, they've sent out a message that they're going to stay in Super League. And I, I think they will. When you look through at their acquisitions to the team, they're a good side. And it'll take them a little bit of a while to sort of settle in. But I'm with you. Uh, I'd have to point the finger at Wakefield yet again that they may be relegated. But as we've said before, it's too early to make this to, to make these suggestions. But it here is. we are. We think that we know everything, don't we, Eddie? Well, we do. We do. And if you look at the championship, <laughs> by the way, uh, what a start to the coaching career for Sean Long. Featherston, playing great stuff in the championship. Four wins from four, playing really well. Now, they face Bradford on Monday night on telly it's a big test for them coming up this if they beat Bradford I think people will believe that maybe Sean Long has got it right I think Featherston will go through the season undefeated oh dear that's a big that's a big statement <laughs> it is it is I I really I've looked at the I've looked at their squad they're very strong in the forwards they've got really really good people out wide and with a man like Sean Long You've got to understand, he operated and he did most of everything when he was at St. Helens. And he can pass that on to a team like that. And I'll say it again, I think they'll go undefeated. Now, my only, my only reason for saying that is if they don't get on a Wembley Cup run. Because if he gets on a Wembley Cup run, that could really just knock them back. Yeah, it could. I mean, the fans would love to go to Wembley again and love to be close to Wembley if, if they could. But you're right. I mean, Super League and qualification for 2024 has got to be their number one priority, I am sure. But look, hey, we're up and running. We're talking about the great game again. But they're not talking much at IMG, Steve-O. Silence is golden, as the old song says. Uh, there's no TV deal in place yet after this year. I think that's almost unprecedented, that fact. Um the keen IMG apparently on going back to licenses, allegedly. A grading of the clubs is due soon. They're reported to be keen on dropping the Super League as the title of the competition. Magic Weekend will be no more after 2023. Um, when you talk about the title of the competition, by the way, we are the original Super League, for goodness sake. Why do we have to change everything? Why does everything have to be changed because IMG has come in and said that what is I think it's a 10-year contract and 10, 11, they're in yeah. The, yeah and they're in a situation whereby uh, we're new to the game we're going to start organizing it the way that we want um, but I'm not so sure that's the right way to go about it uh, just changing the name uh, that won't bring in any money no <laughs> that won't make any difference about signing a new television contract and I think it's outrageous that we are going into this season knowing that we don't have a broadcaster for the following season. 
I know, and I, I feel. I mean, listen, we will both feel a degree of sympathy for our former employers at Sky Sports, but according to according to a survey, an annual survey by the website Rugby League Live, Channel Four is now seen as the best broadcaster of the game. Supporters believe they are the leaders in the market. Over sixty-two percent of the fans, Sky, get only a quarter of the votes. Um, now, people have got short memories, and I know that, you know, money isn't everything, but Sky Television has pumped millions, mil- hundreds of millions into the game over the past 30-plus years. And I just wonder, without Sky and the cash, where on earth would we be? Where would we be? In trouble. That's where we'd be, because the, the attendances won't, won't keep us afloat. There's no way in the world that that paying through the gate is going to keep our game at the top of the top level. It's got to be the revenue from television. And we seem to be left behind. Talking about this survey, why don't you and I have a survey? In other (laughs) words, if we had a survey, no one would take any notice of it at all <laughs> and I am taking no notice of this uh, w- what was it called who, who did this survey Rugby League Live and if we had a survey Steve this would be our first and last podcast of 2023 I, I must yeah, say I... though one of the worrying factors for me is the magic weekend this is facing the axe this is the last one this year now okay uh Apparently on the survey, 48% fans are happy it's going. 44.5% aren't. The, the NRL have taken a magic weekend round on board. You know, th- they see the options that this is available. We get 70-odd thousand people in Newcastle for the magic weekend. On an average weekend, we get about 48, 52,000 fans through the gates. Doesn't that tell you something? The magic weekend is pretty popular, isn't it? Of course it is. We have a great weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, up in Newcastle, magic weekend. And yet, here we are, we're on the verge of suggesting that we get rid of it. But we should take notice about IMG, who have signed this long-term contract to save our game. And yet, silence is golden, but little things keep coming out. We're going to drop the magic weekend. Next thing, they'll be, t- they'll be calling a, a, another, I don't know, fantasy league next. But I mean, it's, it's just, <laughs> I, I, I cannot understand that we've, that the rugby league have employed IMG to save our bacon. But what have they come up with? Well, they've come up with a possible change of name, a re- return to licenses and the dropping of the Magic Weekend so far. The jury's still out, Steve. We have to wait and see what they come up with, and doubtless we will be referring to it during the course of this year. Um, before we go, uh, I've just got to mention the fact that um, the uh, the women's game is, is on the up, of course, and the head coach for England is now Stuart Barrow. He has taken over from Basil Richards. He stood down at the end of last year, and Tom Coyd, who led the wheelchair team to such glory as um, world champions. Understandably, he stays on uh, for uh, the foreseeable future 
as well. So well done to Tom Coyd and all the very best to Stuart Barrow. Tom Coyd, he got the glory. Has he got the brief recognition? Perhaps, yes. I think this guy really should, I don't know, get a King's Award, as they call it these days. Well, talking of King's Awards, Tom Coyd should be in the in the list, and so should Kevin Sinfield. You know, he should be, we've said it, Steve-O, for years, Sir Kev. Kevin should have been knighted. No question. Well, I reckon that, uh, that, that uh, Tom Coyd should get an MBE, at least. De- definitely. Definitely. I mean, I spoke to so many people who had never seen it, never went to watch a game, and all of a sudden, it was a wow factor. How tough is that? Well, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I saw it for the first time. But people were coming up to me and said, Steve, how good is this? I said, it, it is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. In all the years of rugby league, We've only had one person connected to rugby league that has been knighted. Sir Rodney. That's right. Sir Rodney Walker. Now, how on earth can we have gone from 1895 to the present day without someone being honoured and knighted? We've had so many people that have done so much good for our game and yet we just kept Push to the back all the time. MBEs, OBEs, yes, we've had quite a few of those. But wouldn't it be fantastic for Sinfield to be knighted? Definitely. I think so. A hundred percent. It's Australia's big kickoff this weekend, isn't it? What game are you going to? Uh, I'm just, as you'd speak, uh, Eddie, watching the final moments of <laughs> of the Parramatta versus Melbourne. The first opening game of the uh, the NRL Championship down here, and uh, I won't tell you the score because no, don't. It's, um, it's close. Okay, I'll, I'll put it this way. Hey, isn't it good to be back and talking about the game on our podcast? This has been the first edition. We've got lots more to come. Uh, we'll talk about AMG, I'm sure, in the weeks ahead. We'll talk about St. Helens. Before we go, I want a prediction from you, because you did this last year. You predicted the Super League Grand Final winners. I want you to predict that. I want you to predict who's going to win the NRL in Australia, who's going to win the Cup, and who's going to come up out of the Championship. Off you go. You are the man. Tell us. St. Helens? Yep. NRL, Canterbury, oh, State of Origin, New South Wales. Never asked you for that, but go on. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> Challenge Cup, I'll give you a, remind, a reminder. Challenge Cup. Warrington. Oh, okay. And coming up in promotion? Featherston. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. That's the first one done and dusted for 2023. Been a pleasure. (laughs) Been a pleasure. Get the umbrella up. Get up to Penrith and watch a match this weekend, Steve-O. Great to talk to you. Talk to you next week. Take care, top man.